And we are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the one and only WAN show where Luke has finally cleaned up his image and I am looking homeless. I, I have I have gotten as much worse as Luke has gotten better since last week's show. But I have there, there had to be balance in the universe. I have an explanation for that, which also has a lot to do with why the show is spectacularly late today. I was busy house painting, okay? I have decided that YouTube YouTube is not the life for me anymore, and I want to go back to painting houses. <laughs> Gotta what, go back to university painters. <laughs> yeah, what actually happened is that word got out that I did some painting for Dennis on the weekend. So this was during Dennis's uh, Intel Extreme Tech upgrade, okay? Because I, I talked about that. So he, he fed me pad thai, and actually both of us, Yvonne and I, went and painted a couple walls in his house, uh, like accent colors. And he was very pleased with that arrangement, which makes sense because Dennis is a spectacularly cheap individual. But the thing is that, you know, Dennis has actually done a lot for me over the years as well. Like, um, you know, taken me into his home in Taiwan and shown me around the city, like totally off hours and stuff like that. So from my point of view, it was just like, this is like, doing a favor for a friend. This is not like, uh, I actually will paint your house for noodles sort of thing. Um, anyway, anyway, word got out that I will paint people's houses for noodles. And one of our employees, uh, Andy, got it in his head that during his Intel Extreme Tech upgrade, instead of having me build a computer, since he knows how to build a computer, he will build the computer and Linus should just paint his room. <laughs> so we shot Andy's Extreme Tech Upgrade, and he tells me uh, yesterday, he's like, hey, make sure you bring your painting supplies to Intel Extreme Tech Upgrade. So I spent the day painting Andy's house, which is why I'm, uh, a uh, this is why I'm dressed like this. Got my, got my paint shorts on here. And nice. mounting a TV to his wall. And uh, Andy was the one who actually built the gaming rig. Guys, don't miss this one, though, because if you I'm think... Actually, yeah, I'm stoked. If you I've think, liked all of them so far. They've been great. And if you think Andy got a great deal, let me tell you something. I definitely got him back because at the end of the video, I straight up break his bed. <laughs> like... I'm not talking like I damage it a little bit. I'm talking like 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 two of the beams that make up the bed are now shattered, <laughs> completely destroyed. Did you? I don't even know. I don't want to know. I no, see no. It. You know what? I will tell you because this video has okay. enough. It's it's great enough that and the mo it won't spoil the moment. The moment is an is an instant classic. So his setup is probably the weirdest one out of everything we've done so far. He's got like this basement and he wanted to make a man cave. But the thing about Andy is he's like all about that FPS and that like color accuracy and not so much about like his setup making any sense to anyone other than him. So he's got this, we painted the walls, this like 50% gray because it's all about like he wants it to be as color accurate as possible. And then we put this like color accurate 6500 Kelvin bias lighting strip behind the TV to bounce off the gray wall. 
And then he's got this like special BenQ desk lamp that's like exactly 6,500 Kelvin, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the point is he's got this wall mounted TV, right? And then he's got a bed in front of it. And then like right in front of the TV and then behind the bed, he's got a desk and a chair. And like the idea, he's like, yeah, so like I'll be like playing video games here and then my wife could like watch a movie on the couch on the TV. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Anyway, the point is whatever. It makes it, it makes him happy and that makes me happy. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, um, the point is he blew all his money on like a 65 inch OLED. And like an RTX 3080, like he went all out, reused a bunch of his old components because he blew all of his budget on this TV and graphics card. And then like there isn't even, it's just like a bare concrete floor in the room. So it's like (laughs) still completely like unfinished basement, except for we've painted these two walls and there's like this weird bed in the room, Uh, whatever. It's it's something. And uh, so anyway, I was like, okay, so that's what you imagine. Ariel's going to be like chilling in the bed or something, watching TV, and you're gaming. So anyway, he's like gaming, but he's actually using the TV. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you play racing games because he's like really good at racing games, like go karting. We did a go karting event back in the before four times before you could before COVID, and you could actually do like work functions. Anyway, yeah. we we did a thing, and he like him and Alex Clark just like destroyed everyone it was it was a it was a that makes sense nightmare to be honest. <laughs> it was a nightmare for the rest of us <laughs> those, that, those two and jake is yeah who i would expect to destroy where we like to be good at things and then other people show up and are way better than us and it's a bad time you know it was one of those kinds of things anyway the point is i'm like okay i'm gonna watch you play video games so I'm, i like jump into the bed and land on the floor like <laughs> i go right through the bed <laughs> Oh, that's some that's some classic IKEA quality right there. Um, and like, and it, an interesting part of this story for me is you're you're not the person to do that. Like to, you don't exactly weigh a ton. No, I I right. Like that doesn't really line up for me. Like the but, fact that you jumped on something that has four legs and it collapsed is like it <laughs> it broke hard like we there's footage there's footage i'm so glad david was rolling because there was terrible there was there was one moment in the video unfortunately we weren't rolling on i was like trying to adjust his nano leaf uh like rgb wall things and there was like six of them in a thing and i was kind of trying to like i was trying to rotate them all and they were all stuck on with double-sided tape right i knew it was a bit of a gamble but i was like trying to rotate them like two degrees you know like just a little bit and then they all detached at the same time, like started falling down. I'm like, ah, no, David wasn't rolling for that one, but he was rolling for the bed collapse. And I'm so glad every once in a while, guys, stuff happens while we're doing these kinds of projects and the camera's like not rolling. And I'm just like, no, that was like, that was primo. It was primo content. Ah, primo. Okay. Uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. What are, what are our main topics? Um, Let's Intel see. caught fudging benchmarks yeah, can in you... M1 versus Core. I said, can I what? Sorry. Okay. Is this is this the thing that you were talking about before the show yes. to do with yes. another influencer yeah. or something? Okay. Let's. I'm actually super excited about this topic, but not even like anything to do with the title that I just said. Okay. <laughs> so later on, we'll oh, get to that. Lordy, what else we got, Luke? 
CD Projekt Red source code sold, maybe, we'll get into the maybe later, uh, for millions in a dark web auction. Wow. Oh my, maybe. Well, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Oh yeah, there's the headline topic. Um, wait, where where the devil is that topic? What page is that on? Uh, 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 oh, the return of Pascal. That's right. Supply is so short for new generation graphics cards that NVIDIA is supposedly starting up production again of Pascal graphics cards. So that is like, what? We're on Turing, and then there was Volta, and then there was, uh, what, what am I missing here? Uh, 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 hold on a second. What was, um, no, hold on, hold on. Ampere, we're on Ampere. Then there was, going back, there was Turing. Then there was Volta in there somewhere. And then Pascal. That's like three generations ago. So we'll talk a bit more about that. And finally, Twitter is exploring a potential subscription model to ease its dependence on ad revenue. That's fascinating. You know what? David and I were talking about that just today while we were working on Andy's Extreme Tech Upgrade. So I, I can share some of the thoughts that he and I both had during that conversation. Let's roll that intro. Dun, 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 dun. That's not what the intro music sounds like. <laughs> oh man, I guess people probably heard that. I just got rickrolled, man. I just got rickrolled. Oh, oh, that's brutal. Did you did you not? Oh, I guess you couldn't hear that because you're probably not listening to the stream. Okay, the show's oh. brought to you today by Seasonic, Private Internet Access, and Backblaze. Float Plane Chat is probably going to be... <laughs> it's blowing up. Oh, no, I clicked it. What did you, what did you click on? No, I don't want to say it. I uh, I'll just say it. Apparently, someone bought LTTporn.com, and I clicked it. I was like, okay, you got to be kidding me. What is this? I clicked it. I clicked it. Oh, my goodness. Of course. Oh, man. Of course. I just, I knew it was going to be, I thought it was going to be an LTT store redirect, because that's usually what it that's is when the community is, yeah. buys something. Oh, my God. There's, like, pages and pages of float plane chat. It's like, <laughs> got him. Oh, I can't believe I just clicked that. I got rickrolled in 2021. All right. Why don't we jump right into our headline topic here? It's actually not the meatiest one, but it was what I thought was the most interesting headline. So let's do it. This is according to Tech Yes City. NVIDIA is supposedly starting up production again of GP107 GPUs. So the, this is the GPU found in the GTX 1050 Ti. And it makes sense because NVIDIA for a long time now has launched their new architectures top to bottom. So they've led with the highest margin, highest selling price SKUs. And the thing is that when we're talking about, you know, a GPU that's produced on a new manufacturing process, so like on a new node, uh, in this case, these are, what are they? Samsung's 12 nanometer, if I recall correctly. No, no, 8, eight nanometer or whatever. Uh, Samsung, however many nanometer. You'll have to pardon me. I just, I can only keep so many things in my brain at a time. 10 nanometer. Thank you, Google. So Samsung's 10 nanometer, uh, wait, Ampere is, wait, did I just search for Turing? 
ampere. I think it's eight. I thought it was eight. It is eight. Oh, perfect. Okay, ampere. So here's the thing. When you're making like uh, a, a GA, what is it? GA 100 or GA 101, 102? I think it's GA 102, which would be what you find in an RTX 3080 or a 3090. GA 102 GPU. I'm just going to double check these things. GA 102, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. GA 102. It doesn't say what graphics cards it's found in. Uh, 3080, uh, 3090. Yeah, okay, cool. So a GA 102. Basically, you've got this wafer, okay? So it's a circle, circle-shaped silicon wafer, and then you've got this GPU that's, you know, let's say this big or whatever, and you got to go. You can only create so many of them out of each wafer. Okay. So the limitation, what keeps you from making a larger and larger chip, is a getting the timing right for the signals within the chip. Once it starts getting physically large, can be very challenging. And then number two. On that silicon wafer, you're going to have some some percentage of, or you're going to have some incidence of like defects. So you could have like a defect here and a defect here and there and there. And you know sometimes that's going to be like, oh, we've got a defect right in the middle of these CUDA cores. Uh, well, that's fine. Let's just turn this into a SKU that has fewer CUDA cores. So. For example, um, an RTX 3090 has more than an RTX 3080, so you could like turn some of them off if they're defective. Now it's a 3080 instead of being a 3090, or whatever the case may be. So you've got these defects, right? Um, and the way that it works is, in order to make a cheaper GPU, you have smaller dies, so you have like fewer CUDA cores, but you can you can make more of them. Okay. So here's the problem: Nvidia could roll out. I'm I'm sure that they have. You know, 50 class, uh, 50 class GPUs designed with their Ampere architecture. But the problem is that if they can't get enough of these wafers, and if the yields are good enough on their high price products, that they can utilize the wafer extremely efficiently with a high price product, there is no reason for them to release these. Now, what we know based on that they did discontinue production of their previous generation GPUs is that their intention was to have enough supply with new silicon. Clearly, they don't. Not only can they not supply enough Ampere, they can't apparently supply enough Turing. So they're going all the way back to Pascal. Now, Volta only like sort of existed. It was like, I can't, I don't even know how many SKU. I don't think there was only like one consumer SKU. It was like a Titan V or something like that. Other than that, I think Volta basically only existed in the data center. Um, but they're going all the way back to Turing to serve the lower end kind of like esports grade machines. I would call it Titan like a mainstream, and... like mainstream gaming rig. Titan V and a quadro card. And there was a quadro card. All right. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from myself. Um, the funny thing, though, is that apparently gamers think it's a great idea to bring back. Uh, let me see if I can click for more information. Apparently, gamers think it's a great idea to bring back the 1050 Ti because it happens to be one of the most popular machine, uh, one of the most popular graphic cards of all time. So, seven percent. Hold on a second. Yeah, seven percent of all gamers on Steam are running a 1050 Ti and apparently think that's just fine because they're clearly not upgrading. Not that there's anything they could upgrade to. You know what's really interesting about that number? Uh, and about the 1050 Ti in general, is we are doing a, an average Steam gaming machine video that's coming out this weekend. So we built the most average possible gaming machine. We ended up with a 1060 because it slightly edged out the 1050 Ti. 
and we looked at, okay, how good is the gaming experience of the average Steam gamer? You know what? The answer is pretty darn good. So as I think this is a great move from NVIDIA, bringing back something for people to buy because- Yeah, I was gonna say, just producing more stuff. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Just just anything. So 1050 Ti yeah. was, if I, was that a 12 nanometer? How many, how many nanometers was the 1050 Ti? 14, 14 nanometer, dang, this thing, this thing launched in October, 2016. That was four and a half years ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a great card. It's still a solid card. It doesn't have any ray tracing or anything. That was another funny one, especially in light of that stupid letter that uh, NVIDIA oh, sent so and then retracted. Uh, to Hardware Unboxed about how gamers have embraced RTX. Uh, when we were working on our Steam Hardware Survey machine, it was uh, <clears throat> it was pretty interesting how embraced um, RTX is. So the top RTX card, the 2060, has 3.72 percent of uh, of gaming machines to call its to call its home, and the RTX 2060. I mean, I'm with Hardware Unboxed on this. The problem with RTX is that the most popular RTX cards are not capable not, of running yeah. games with RTX enabled. The 2060 is, from an RT, from a real-time ray tracing perspective, just shouldn't exist. Uh, it should just be a GTX card with more CUDA cores and just not bother with the RTX-ness. That, that would have been a more compelling product that would have prompted more people to upgrade. And then next up, we've got the 2070 Super, which I would argue is actually RTX capable at 1080. Um, but that's got just 2.3% of gamers uh, are, are running. And I suspect uh, yeah. not a lot of people are trying to run like cranked 1080 with RTX. Um, no, I would say most people that are buying a 70 and up class card are probably running 1440 or better. I do wish that Valve would give a little bit more granular uh, insight into, you know, what kinds of, like if you clicked on a GPU, I'd love to know more about what kind of system mm, that person's yeah. running. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I, I don't know. I don't think, I think Valve has enough buckets of money that they don't need to get into the business of becoming like uh, uh, an industry, you know, industry analysis provider like information especially provider. when they're doing it for free yeah i would I, I wonder if they even they, they might even just have that uh, i don't want to say this necessarily but i i have no idea and there's probably a very provable way to say this is false but i wouldn't <laughs> be too surprised if they had more information like that oh i'm sure they and did. It just wasn't and it just wasn't public oh absolutely um, there's no like way they probably have have deeper stats but they just publish some of it to to make it interesting yeah I and to make them, people want to contribute to the information pool it's like the smartest thing ever because it throws them into the news cycle every month every month and then people know. are like oh i should register my rig oh, like yeah I, valve yeah they exist steam i should get steam because all gamers have steam like or something all right luke I'm sorry. I've done a lot of talking on the show today, but I knew you were going to basically take over when we got into this next topic. Intel was caught fudging benchmarks in their M1 versus Core i7 11th gen comparison. This was posted by Jetski on the forum, and the original source here is MacRumors.com. Luke, okay, what is going on here? We have to get through some of the talking points on here 
that aren't like super enthralling. Like you've heard the title, right? Intel caught fudging benchmarks yep. in M1 yep. versus Core i7 11th gen comparison. Cool. That's honestly like pretty much all you should have needed to know if there wasn't the, the interesting ending. So I'm going to go through the talking points anyways, and then we'll get to the interesting part. So just stick with me. Intel is trying to promote its Evo branding of laptop standards against Apple's M1 successes. The campaign started with cherry-picked benchmarks that Intel published early this week, uh, much to the consternation of Apple fans. Very nice writing. Uh, the benchmarks showcase the limitations of the early uh, of the early part of Apple's transition, comparing gaming, accessory compatibility, and performance in very specific tasks. There's some quotes here about about the differences between the two uh, devices, as well as. Let's see. Intel's performance claims need to be taken with a certain grain of salt. Yeah. This is a quote. Uh, as their Intel created tests and not industry standard benchmarks, the fact they switched out between the Pro and the Air for battery life, that's kind of scummy, as well as the Core i7-1185G7 and the Core i7-1165G7 also shows an incomplete picture. And... I mean, that's just, yeah, swapping those laptops out is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's anyway. that's pretty uh, <clears throat> suspect. This has happened before. We have, we've had Intel kind of being not so clever with, with messing around benchmarks in the past. This is not new. Uh, today, the company unveiled Twitter promotional posts, which ended in GoPC. There's a few examples of that. But GoPC. Here's the, the PC kind part. of world today, Luke. You know. Here's the fun part. Okay. The Twitter ads link to a sponsored video by John Rettinger explaining the Evo talking points. Oh. And I want Linus to watch it. You want me to watch this? Because Linus okay. hasn't seen it. I haven't seen this. I haven't even heard about this. In the comments this. and the like to dislike. Okay. Hold, just, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just... Okay. Can I preface this by saying I like and respect John Rettinger a lot? He's great. He's he has he's been a pioneer in the tech, or not not has been. He is a is, pioneer yeah. in the tech YouTube space. Uh, he and is he's absolutely he's absolutely still around. He's still going strong. He's one of the people that like I grew up following. Right, like I I followed in his footsteps. Um, you know, he created the model in a lot of ways for like making a YouTube channel a business. Um, One of the first people created, got but me to was very work early to when we started working together. Yep. was John Rettinger. So he's not he's not talking out of his butt here. Yeah, you just you just gotta watch it. Okay. <laughs> so like no disrespect, John. I I'm gonna I I okay. I'm gonna watch this now. I'm like uh, I'm kind of afraid to watch it he's live because <laughs> you you have not been making me feel good about what I'm about to see. Okay. I yeah. I'm I'm trying to hold back. I'm not I don't want to say anything about it. You just gotta see it. Okay, hold on. Let's just you know what? I, I think it's very unlikely John is gonna copyright strike us, so let's just watch it together, okay? Okay. Your new laptop for twenty twenty one. All right. I mean ah, oh, it's unfortunately kinda of long. So I'm pretty vocal about using yeah, M1 like Max pretty much since launch. And for a lot of okay. uses, 
It's been Do I have to watch the whole thing? Awesome. No, maybe maybe skip through it. Computer, okay. I realize there's still a lot of stuff that it's either doesn't do right now or just doesn't do at all. So okay. Intel reached out to see if we wanted to talk about their new Evo platform. It gave us no guidelines on things we could say uh -huh. or not say, just to check. Are you out. getting the vibes and it's been yet? Kind <laughs> of a narrative since Apple announced their they're selling silicon that like Intel's out of the. You look uncomfortable, Lance. What are you? What are your thoughts? Anymore. What are your feelings right uh, now? And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. With the Evo platform, you're getting just a ton of stuff that you just can't get from the Mac. So when you go to buy a, a laptop, really any laptop, not necessarily even an Intel one, sometimes hard to figure out like which computer's got what and are you getting the best of whatever you're looking for. So what the Evo branding is, essentially took the most important specs and told any manufacturer who wanted to make an Intel-based laptop that if you wanna have the Evo branding, it's gotta meet these minimum requirements. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I think I follow so far. Um, we've got like the kind of Apple sound alike music, you know. It kind of gives me like a like a back in the the like man like uh, late nineties like iMac, do 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 or how however that thing do 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 you know like that kind of like. Apple music kind of vibe, like kind of like a think different kind of thing. Like mild, mildly sassy almost. Yeah, yeah. Like um, not like not actually, but like a little bit. Like, yeah, we're we're kind of like better and we know it and we just, you know. I just um <sighs> Okay. Here's <laughs> here's the problem. Here's my here's my problem. Intel's Evo branding initiative is actually not a terrible thing. So it's a lot better in my opinion than what Nvidia's been doing. Like Centrino, um, way back in the day. And that honestly is where now now we haven't covered Evo extensively. We haven't done any we really haven't like worked with Intel on it much. Most of the stuff we've been doing with them lately has been on desktop. Um so we haven't really, I haven't actually seen the Evo talking points other than I think we, oh man, I think we talked about it briefly in like a review of Intel's like reference um, Evo platform laptop that they're, that they're selling through uh, XPG and then a couple of other resellers. So um, Evo, like what, what is it? Basically, yeah, it's like Ultrabook or it's like Centrino. It's another kind of like platform branding thing that they're doing. And there are things in there that I think are meaningful and important. For example, uh, your, your machine has to be able to wake from sleep in a certain amount of time. It's one of the things that drives me crazy about my XPS 13 2-in-1, or is it 12? Whatever. The, the 2-in-1 that I have is that it often takes a very long time to wake from sleep. Um, you have to meet a certain standard with respect to battery life. You have to use key Intel components like Centrino. Centrino was a game changer back in the day because a lot of you might not remember this, but in the early days of Wi-Fi, there were a lot of cheap wireless chipsets that low-end laptop manufacturers would throw in their machines that were a very bad experience. I'm talking back in like the Wi-Fi B days. Um, and so Intel created Centrino to force manufacturers to do three things, use an Intel CPU chipset and 
in my opinion, most importantly, wireless chipset. And what this meant was compared to if you were using like, remember this is back when AMD didn't have anything competitive. So like a Turion processor with some craptastic Wi-Fi chipset. So you'd have like terrible battery life, terrible Wi-Fi. If you bought Centrino, you knew you were gonna get at least some measure of decent mobile experience. And I think that's what they're trying to do with Evo. The problem here is that John, um, bless him, bless his heart, love him, um, pioneer, again, should not be the spokesman for like Intel and PC, in my humble opinion. And yeah, and honestly, that's, that's what felt like the main problem to me as well. The way that it came across, like I know John is an avid Mac user. The way that it came across um, did not feel very sincere. And I think a big part of the problem too was that a massive focus of the video was like, these are the ways that it is better than the M1 specifically. Like it, it was it was digging so hard at the M1 more than it was talking about how cool Evo is in its own. It did both for sure, but it mostly felt like a M1 sucks video than it felt like a Evo is great video. And there's another problem here. M1 does not suck. And as good as Evo laptops battery life might be, and I saw some criticisms of the video that I really just didn't think were fair. Someone's like, oh, all he says is great battery life, but he doesn't provide any numbers. You can't provide exact numbers yeah. for an entire yeah. lineup of laptops. Every manufacturer is going to put a different watt hour battery into the machine. Like just the by by its diverse nature, a PC or like the PC ecosystem cannot be as simply represented as the Mac ecosystem. But that for a lot of people, that's a good thing because it means more variety of price points and more variety of performance depending on what you need. And yes, more variety of battery life. Maybe you don't want to spend another $100 on a 99.9 .9 watt hour battery that's going to give you with an Evo platform, really great battery life. Um, maybe you're happy with a 56 watt hour battery and like kind of, you know, good for a 56 watt hour battery, but not amazing battery life. Um, so that I don't think that's really fair, but I also think that it's, it, 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 it smacks of, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even want to find the right word right now. It doesn't. It's not to say to say that M1 is anything but very competitive. Is not um, is not a great marketing message. The best marketing, in my opinion, is to focus on your own strengths and just not discuss the problems with your competitor. That's how you market your product. You don't market your product. So you lead with strength instead of like on someone just else. Look weak, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want I don't want product marketing to become no offense American politics. Talk about your platform. Don't just crap on why the other okay. person is yeah. wrong. Present your ideas, and then if you happen to agree about good ideas, that's okay. Let's stop treating it like every idea that the other exactly. side has is bad just because they had it if right, if, right. like if 
team red versus team blue and whether I, you know i could be talking about pcs oh. i could be talking about anything right now okay sure if, if team you red's know. like you know what uh, a really wide high interconnect is a great idea if team blue automatically said we should have more bottlenecks just because team red thought that a wide interconnect <laughs> is a great idea that would be stupid and we should all yeah. we should all you know be able to recognize that that's really stupid yeah. and and agree on basic things okay so i uh and and like even just the opening with the like not being able to plug into type c it's like i agree i agree that's a problem i had that problem today okay i wanted to plug in a usb thumb drive while we were doing andy's intel uh extreme tech upgrade also sponsored by intel to be clear i love intel work with them all the time okay um, and I wanted to plug a thumb drive into my XPS, right? And I was like, because I was, I was in the middle of something and like, I was in a hurry trying to get to WAN show. And I was like, I have to go get this dongle. I'm so mad. Like, to be clear, I get it. I understand that frustration, but I was using a PC, wasn't I? It's not like the PC doesn't have this problem. Okay. This is a, this is a, a, a twenties problem. Okay. That computers have gotten too thin to put a type a actually they're not even too thin to put a type a manufacturers just are not putting type a's on them because they've gotten ahead of themselves a little bit to be clear i love thunderbolt love thunderbolt love type c but that doesn't mean we're ready to say completely goodbye to type a but to pretend that this is a uniquely mac problem is just i also i, I could be missing something but i don't think there's anything in the evo standard about including type a ports no not to my knowledge so there's probably Evo laptops that are going to have the exact same problem. Right. And as much as I like to hammer on, uh, I've done it a lot, uh, as much as I like to hammer on Apple for connectivity things, I think they have issues with this like across a few other different products. Um, not the right place or time, in my opinion. So... Video didn't really hit the mark. And it, and it, and it, and it missed the mark enough that it, it hurts the campaign a bit and just doesn't yeah I you know think what it's it smacks of a little problematic i you know what i you know what i smell right now i smell an advertising agency if i had to guess i i would i would put money on it that instead of this being john and intel representatives who really know their products and know the state of the market this smells like the kind of thing that came through an agency that doesn't really understand what's going on. And I've, I'm on the record saying this before, um, and there are exceptions. And if you're an agency that works with Linus Media Group, hey, you're an exception. Probably, <laughs> maybe. Um, most agencies, most agency marketing representatives have just absolutely no idea what they're talking about they have absolutely yeah. no business being involved in tech marketing and they should frankly just step out of the way stop taking their worthless middleman cut and leave it to the experts like i was i was on the phone with uh i was on the phone with amd about something really exciting that we've got coming up um we're working with AMD, Asus, and MSI on a really cool initiative. Luke knows about this because he's had to make some. Uh, his the Floatplane team has been working on some cool oh, development yeah. stuff for me uh, for this. It's really exciting. Anyway, I was on the phone with AMD, 
and they basically were like, okay, hey, like, uh, okay, last thing from our upper management, we just need to know um, if you can, if you can like message it in this way instead of, uh, and I'm like, what do you think? I'm some kind of an amateur. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to, how to message something correctly. And I like, I, I even, I cut them off. I was like, don't even finish that sentence. Here's how it's going to be messaged. They're like, wow, that's exactly, that's exactly how it should be. I'm like, I, I know this is not my first kick at the can. The problem is you get like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, these are random names. Okay. These are random names. They're nothing to do with specific people that we've worked with, but you get agency, Sarah, Okay, or agency Jeff, who know absolutely nothing about computers. They know nothing about AMD or Intel or NVIDIA or or Apple or anything. And all they know is whatever stupid marketing deck that agency, you know, Sharice put together for them and handed to them. And they start getting involved and they're like, actually, Linus, we don't really want you to say it that way. And I'm like, that's nice. Uh, that's great that you don't want me to say it that way, but that's the honest truth. And, you know, from a, from, a, okay, a ethics aside, from a legal standpoint, I can't say anything that's not true or that I don't believe. So you're just going to have to step aside and I'm going to message it however I want. And if you don't like it, then we're canning the campaign. And I, honestly, that, that's how the conversation goes with these agencies more often than you guys would probably believe. And the stupidest thing about it, we actually are responsible for a major brand canning their agency about a week ago. Because, <laughs> no, because, because they were just, it was such a cluster, them trying to get involved in the messaging and in the content creation. As soon as they were gone... We, we get on the phone with the brand representatives directly. We're like, okay, here's the reason we have to do it this way because of the competitive landscape and because we don't want to market anything. We want to, we want to put your product in its best light, but we don't want to misrepresent it. That's good marketing. We want to communicate the positives of your brand and of your product without putting down anyone else and without misrepresenting it in any way. And they're like, just, just yeah, for... that's exactly what we wanted to do. No, I'm not done here. They were like, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to do. And the entire problem, the entire campaign was saved. The problem was solved. It's agencies. I bet, you know what? I bet he's in my phone book. I'm going to call him right now because I want to know. I am, I am, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, Just while, while you're dialing, do for, I not the, have for, for the Steras out there that are currently feeling very negative. Who's uh, feeling negative? For, for the the various Sarahs out there. Oh, um, oh. There, there, there have been times um, where we've worked with agencies and it's been good. I, I would definitely say it's not as common as it, be, as it being bad. <laughs> but it's the it minority. Has yes, it's, it's usually minority. individuals. It's not the agency in general. You'll run into an individual and they like actually really care. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's not that common. But the but, thing is, so here it's yeah. part of it is just the nature of the industry, right, guys? Because you got to understand if I'm an Intel or AMD, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, whoever I am, like I'm a tier one player in the tech space. OK, I've got this agency to handle my marketing stuff because I um, th there's a variety of reasons that you might do that. One is that it adds a degree of uh, it adds a degree of separation from the messaging. So if something does go wrong, it's someone to blame. 
it keeps them off your payroll. So if you need to scale up or scale down your marketing staff, it's a lot simpler to hire or fire an agency than to hire or fire a team of people to work within your company. Like there's reasons that you use agencies, but from the very nature of that relationship, agencies tend to get the talented people sucked out of them because they don't pay particularly well compared to actually making something, whether it's content or whether it's a product, right? So they're inherently a middleman. And if you're talented, what's gonna happen is because you have this direct exposure to fish that can pay way better and better opportunities, you you're gonna get sucked companies. out one yeah. way or the other. So you yeah. just end up with a lot of the really good people in agencies getting pulled into work permanently for the brands that they represent or for the media companies that they work with. Like it, when we encounter a really good agency representative, we had a really good one with LG for a long time. Um, if it wasn't for the complications around, uh, you know, bringing someone into Canada, for example, to work, that's the kind of person where for as like, a, as like a brand representative on our side, we would strongly consider just hiring them rather than putting out like a, a job listing on our website because we already know that they like, they like get it, they right? They get it, yeah. Because it's not as simple as just coming up with talking points and making sure the influencer says them. You have to actually follow through. You have to think this thing through and make sure that it makes sense and that you're, it's not going to create backlash, right? Honestly, my favorite people to work with were just people who, they were just facilitators, you know? Yes. They would just very expertly get out of the way. They would, they would make sure that what the the company needed to get done was like at the very least getting done and then they'd let you just style and do your thing that was that was fantastic and there was a few of them and they were amazing to work with um but yeah they weren't that common usually it was people that were like no i need to like leave my mark and leave my influence on this project so i'm gonna like try to force this thing to happen or force this thing to be sad or sad or whatever else and it was just a pain it's horrible I don't have uh, John Rettinger's phone number, unfortunately, uh, but I'm just going to I'm just going to ask him. I'm just going to ask him my one simple question. I said, you around just one question, that Intel video through an agency or dealing with Intel directly. Says uh, doing family stuff right now. That's fair enough. Uh, hold on. Hold on. He's typing another message, though, because I, I my first message. Uh, oh, OK. He says, I think it was Intel directly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm just going to say usually they're more savvy than that. Um, okay, well, all right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it all depends, right? A company that big, you're going to have people that like really get it. Like I've met people that every like... I think brilliant idea that I pitched them for like cool stuff Intel could do for enthusiasts. They've like, they already pitched it five or 10 years ago or whatever, like just really dialed in. Like I'm pretty sure water cooling fluid runs in their veins. Um, so you find people like that and then you find people that are just like, I don't know what's gaming. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like a numbers person, right? Um, you know, you have any group of however many like, thousands and thousands of people work at Intel. You're going to have some that like really get it and some that don't. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if I can talk about this. Uh, can I talk about that? I'm kind of live. <laughs> uh, do you want me to spin off into the CD Projekt Red thing? Sure. Or... Actually, oh okay. my goodness, we need to do our sponsors. Speaking of I was like... going to say, or do you want to try to do a sponsor segment while you wait for some responses? Working with agencies. Yeah, why don't we, why don't we run through our sponsors? Okay, so guys, Backblaze is one of the sponsors of the WAN show today. Uh, Backblaze is simple. It's unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs. Whether you're whether you're an M M1 or whether you're uh, an Evo kind of person, okay, Backblaze has got you covered for just six dollars a month. They've restored over 35 billion files. You can back up docs, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all the data. And you can do it from anywhere with their mobile app, or even you can restore by mail if you're into that sort of thing. So you can purchase a restore via hard drive and they will overnight FedEx it to you. Um, after you restore, you can return the hard drive to them for a refund. So no wonky cost structures, just unlimited data backup at a fixed price. Get a 15 day free trial at backblaze.com WAN. So go there, play with it and start protecting yourself from bad times. The show is also brought to you by Private Internet Access. Adding a VPN lets you mask your IP and encrypt traffic to and from your devices. PIA has reliable service and no bandwidth caps, and they've got configurable encryption and an internet kill switch to keep you in control of your connection. You can connect up to 10 devices at once with clients for Windows, Mac OS, Android, iOS, and Linux. And, wow, this is new, they also recently launched their next-gen network, a new, more secure, and improved VPN network. They've already got over 24,000 servers in 77 countries, and you can either turn it on manually or update your client so it's enabled automatically. Try PIA risk-free with their 30-day money-back guarantee at lmg.gg slash PIAWAN. Finally, the show is brought to you by Seasonic. Seasonic! They're just, they're so chill. I remember when Seasonic didn't even, like, market. They were just like, oh, yeah, whatever. We just, like, make awesome power supplies real quietly. We don't even, we don't even paint the metal black. Like, they used to just only have, like, gray power supplies and stuff. Whatever. Seasonic. Good stuff. 80-plus <laughs> titanium units they've got. I mean, they have, like, more worldly, you know, earthly ones as well. Um, fluid dynamic bearing fan. What, what am I even featuring right now? There's a particular unit. Oh, they're 80-plus titanium ones. Okay, cool. So they've got fluid dynamic fan bearings. They've got their premium hybrid fan control, which allows you to press a button on the back and have the fan turn off under very low loads for ultimate silence, micro-tolerance load regulation, 12-year warranty, and you can check them out on Seasonic's website, seasonic.com, or on Amazon at the link in the video description. I'm just going to click that link and find out exactly what unit I am featuring here. Uh, Seasonic Prime, so it's like titan titanium prime? Prime 850. Prime titanium 850, okay. There we go. So you can go go get a Seasonic freaking power supply or whatever. It's good good stuff. All right, back to, oh, I really got to fix that so it doesn't do that weird thing. Uh, he asked live on what? Yeah, okay, so we're not going to talk any more about that. Clearly, that was uh, a bad experience. Uh, but you know what, guys? Do me a favor, okay? Go check out John's channel. Uh, he, like, only recently, like, what was it, about a year ago, I guess? Uh, broke off from split up. Yeah, yeah. Techno Buffalo, which was his baby. And he's been making some really good stuff. I don't want this one video to color your experience with him because uh, he's done some really, really cool stuff since he picked it back up and started producing videos on his own again. So go check out his channel. It's just John Rettinger now. It's not Techno Buffalo or anything like that. Go subscribe. 
He does some really cool stuff. He's got like car videos, TVs, phones. Uh, I mean, he's been in the industry so long that there's kind of no limit to what he can do. All right, so let's move on. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk through the CD Projekt Red thing? Yeah, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, CD Projekt Red, I don't think, has exactly been in the community's graces as much as it used to be in the past for, for used to be in the past, <laughs> um, as much as it used to be for quite a while now, um, ever since the launch of, of Cyberpunk, really. Uh, earlier yeah. this week, CD Projekt well, Red announced even leading up to Cyberpunk, Luke. Hold on a second. Let's get the let's get the timeline straight here, because there was some weirdo, there was some really edgy, like not actually that cool marketing that they did before the launch oh, of Cyberpunk yeah. too. Like they've yeah. been they've been working their way into like making people the gaming community mad for a while now. When they were they were kind of the diamond child for for a while there too. Uh, anyways, earlier this week, CD Projekt Red announced that it had been hit with a ransomware attack that allegedly exposed the source code for games, including Cyberpunk 2077, Gwent, and The Witcher 3. So, you know, kind of not all of it, but you know. Uh, VX Underground reported Wednesday that source code had been posted on a dark web forum known as Exploit. Pretty uh, on the nose right there. Yep. The starting bid was reportedly $1 million with a $500,000 bidding increment. Wow. That's re reasonable. Um, and a $7 million buy it now price. Forum users needed to put up 0.1 BTC, roughly currently $4,700, but you know, it's always fluctuating. Wow. Just to participate um, in the bidding? Yeah. So, so really big ticket. They were looking for massive high rollers, you know? Um, the auction was originally intended to run for 48 hours. By Thursday morning, it had been closed successfully, quote unquote. Um, there was an offer that was received from outside of the forum that was said to have satisfied the said hackers. Um, there, there is some doubt about what has happened. This type of thing has happened before. If they don't receive a bid, um, they just close it and say like, ah, someone else bought it. Uh, so that it doesn't look like a failure. Um, who knows? Maybe it was successful. Maybe they got $7 million. Maybe they got more. Maybe they got less. Um, or yeah. maybe they didn't get anything. Um, there is, yeah, we like there, there's a quote from uh, MSYSOFT threat and analyst Brett Callow, who said, we have seen this behavior in the past with Revil our re-evil, a ransomware group that threatened to release damaging information about Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. Uh, security experts analyzing the ransom note shared by CDPR have identified a hacking group known as Hello Kitty <laughs> oh boy. Um, as the likely culprit. That same group was reportedly behind a ransomware attack on Brazilian power company Cemig uh, or C-E-M-I-G, among others, late last year. What a fantastic name for their group. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of spicy. It's interesting. I believe it, it didn't mention it in the notes that I had just gone yeah. over, but I believe it also included at least some of the source code for the red engine. Wow. Um, which, which is to me maybe more interesting than the games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's some way for CD project red to figure it out soon enough. If someone's got their hands on cyberpunk 2077 source code in a game that obviously would have to run on the red engine yeah. 
You yeah. know, like if you're a developer that's like, oh yeah, suddenly uh, we're licensing Red Engine and like we've got a lot of like looks and feels really similar yeah (laughs) don't don't look too closely um so yeah there is a note here sorry i guess i didn't see that right away but um the sellers also reportedly provided file listings for gwent and the red engine that underlies cdpr's games as proof that the data was authentic wow this is a so not quite what i thought but this is a crazy leak i i just have no idea you know, I mean, someone could have bought it. Like, I don't think any, oh, like, yeah. Western game developer would would buy this out of fear that CD Projekt Red would go after them once they inevitably figured out who had it. But if you were, like, say, a Chinese game developer or something like that, I could conceivably see you just kind of hiding behind the shield of uh, the Chinese government, uh, basically just not allowing right, yeah. CD Projekt Red to... to uh, to litigate this and just like, like, like a YOLO. new studio that for some reason has a crazy amount of money behind it because you could just learn a lot even if you didn't use it in your game you could learn a lot a from, lot from something like that um like maybe what not to do <laughs> uh-huh. um no but but seriously you, you could you, <laughs> you, you could genuinely learn a lot from a code base like that so it's interesting it's really interesting all right, uh, Twitter. Twitter subscription model. Yeah, Twitter is exploring a potential subscription model to ease its dependence on ad revenue. It's so funny that we're talking about this because David and I were talking earlier today while we were filming Andy's Extreme Tech Upgrade, um, and we were talking about how like Facebook probably wouldn't introduce something like YouTube Premium, and reason being that Facebook does put so much effort into making sponsored content ads and real content look and feel so similar that it's all kind of part of one experience and in our mind um anything any effort that they're putting into anything other than that would seem to fly in the face of all the work that they've done so far one of the things facebook has done very well at least from our experience with them is monetize the out of content like our ad rates on Facebook for video are way higher, like way higher than YouTube. Like it is unbelievable how much higher they are. And so I'm looking at it going like, clearly there is something Facebook is doing very well here with the way that they're able to sell ads, not just sell ads at such a high rate, but also serve ads at such a volume that for whatever reason, users accept it when they wouldn't on another platform and content creators can make a ton of money being on that platform. Um, And so to me, if Facebook were to go and uh, kind of split the audience in that way, it would almost be detrimental to the platform because that's one of the things they do so well is they create this like this, this network where you through Facebook ads, you find products and like join groups and, and continue to kind of, put out like Facebook tendrils and like build this sphere of influence and this influence on you. Like it just, it just doesn't seem like something they would be interested in. And that made us turn to talking about other platforms. So David was like, yeah, I couldn't live without my YouTube premium now because I just find ads so much more intrusive on that platform. Part of it is that he doesn't use Facebook and neither do I. So maybe that's why we don't care. But he was like, Yeah. yeah, I could see, I could see that being great for Twitter. And I was like, Oh, why Twitter? 
Like, I don't even see ads on Twitter. He's like, yeah, there's tons of ads on Twitter. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, it's in your like home feed. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't look at the home feed. <laughs> I only look at my mentions because I'm a narcissist. Um, <laughs> so there's like no ads in there. Uh, but apparently... And because Twitter's like kind of just stupid. Like the home feed's just... It's so not interesting. Anyway, sorry. Keep well, going. maybe that's just because you don't follow interesting people. Like, you know, I know a lot of people. Maybe who I just like made I've a lot of money on Dogecoin, way, following Elon Musk and like quickly buying Doge whenever he mentions it. So, like, apparently I, that's there a thing. A, there is a few people that I like to check in with, um, that I'm friends with, that I don't have like a ton of communication with outside of Twitter. But I usually just go directly to their pages. Um, but like, I've, I've talked about this on on uh, on Wan Show before. But like. The, the homepage is just awkward because you see what everybody likes. And a lot of times it's just like, oh, they're, they're like friend talking yeah. about their day. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not like this has nothing to do with me at all, but it's in my feed for whatever reason. Or it'll just be like somebody who was like horny at two in the morning and just liked some picture of somebody in some fairly revealing way and i'm like yeah i didn't need to know that <laughs> like, yeah. that's, like, that's, if i wanted I to why. sit and you know with you <laughs> then i would i would tell you that you know yeah, like, well, this doesn't need to be a group activity you really don't need to like that on twitter and we're not <laughs> judging we're not kink shaming if it's if you sure. want it to be a group activity that's totally fine with us yeah we just, just don't need to involuntarily participate in it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, all right, cool. So anyway, apparently a subscription model to ease their dependence on ad revenue is something they've been considering for years, but one that's become, an, a, become a greater priority given the current global pandemic and pressure from investors to accelerate growth. That's interesting. Because if anything, the global pandemic has had an incredible impact positively on the kinds of ad, uh, like ad revenue that we've seen online. Like right now, for this time of year, uh, we are doing like unbelievable. So compared to last year, viewership is, I would say, fairly, hold on a second. I don't wanna just pull, I don't wanna be talking out of my butt here. So let me get some like real numbers for you. So viewership is similar um, compared to this time last year. And at least on YouTube, our ad revenue is up like, Hold on a second. Again, I don't want to be talking out of my butt here. Up anywhere from like 10%, depending, 15% depending on the day to like 40%, like way up. So I would think if if Twitter's not extracting more value from their from their advertising partners, they're probably doing it wrong. Um, you want to talk us through this one, Luke? Sorry, again, I feel like I've talked a lot today. My bad. I it's it's the the main thing for me is the what you're potentially maybe getting from it, the, sure. the paid subscriptions. So the ability to use TweetDeck, Twitter for Business, sure. uh, Creator Focus Dashboard, et cetera, advanced features like unsending messages, or this is honestly, I think where they're just gonna get like every company and fresh professional person like ever is editing tweets. Um, I saw some tweets oh. talking about this. I'd pay for that. Um, yeah, and it, so many people would. And if, especially if it's like five bucks a month, the like standard, this is a subscription on the internet fee. Yeah. Um, they're just going to get, they're going to get every company. They're going to get every professional public every facing influencer. figure. I'd pay, I'd pay more than five Everything. bucks. 
They're going to get everybody yeah. who thinks they want to be an influencer. They're going to be like 20, everyone yeah. who they're going to get aspirationals. They're going to get everything. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be because of that editing tweets thing. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Consumer features like custom colors, hashtags, whatever, stickers, uh, the ability to remove ads, higher quality video, better and more depth, uh, better and more in-depth analytics. So I think they'll get people on the better and more in-depth analytics because yeah. everybody loves that. Higher quality video, your brands, your influencers, whatever oh, yeah. are going to want that. We pay for that. And editing tweets. The rest of it, I don't know. Whatever. Sure, cool. But those three things are like primo. That's they will. This whole thing works entirely on the back of those things. I don't think people are even going to complain. I think people are going to welcome this with open arms. I mean, and did you even mention these other ideas? The ability to tip other users. I mean, Reddit has turned that into a gold mine. Get it? Yeah, and honestly, get it, especially get it, the, get oh, it. Okay, yeah, that is good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think with the kind of brigading that goes on on Twitter as well, yeah. I could see that being pretty huge. It could be like positive brigading at a certain point, and subscribing or paying users for exclusive content that could be this is a, that could be massive. Like, why bother going over to OnlyFans? if you could just run the entire thing through your Twitter account. So many OnlyFans influencers already use Twitter as their primary means of exposure. Uh, and they have, uh, they have uh, hey, Not really, but... <laughs> they, have, they have live streams, they have video, and they have photo, and they have text all yeah. under the roof. And if you can make it exclusive, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Or they could just go on Floatplane. Hey. hey! I mean, at this point, at this point, we'd take them, I think. Um... <laughs> Well, I know it was something we talked about in the early days. We were like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Would we, like, you know, would we want lewd depends. content or whatever? I, yeah, I, it depends on the type yeah. of of that content that they do. Uh, we might have pay This is, I'm just talking to the audience. Linus knows yeah. all this. We would potentially have uh, payment processor issues. That was the main reason we didn't actually, like, lean into that because like neither mm -hmm. luke nor i really feels like we're the judge of what you want to upload um yeah um, whatever like, yeah whatever but uh, might not watch it or be interested but I don't we might not have there. been able to take payment so that might have been an issue yeah uh, so you'll notice standard payment processors that you're used to seeing will exist on sites that even if there is lewd content it's artistic yeah that includes art, that includes cosplay, that includes a bunch of different things, but it Body has to painting. be artistic. If it's not artistic, you'll find that it doesn't have your like standard payment processors. Yeah. Just random little tidbit. I don't know. Art, what is art? I think you can kind of make the argument that just about anything is art. Yeah, it's, yeah. Whatever. Pretty wide definition. All right, and I think for our last topic for the day is Intel CPUs you can afford and actually buy. Uh, this was put in by one of our new writers that sources video cards. Intel is reducing prices on 10th gen core CPUs. Um, I guess Rocket Lake must be coming pretty soon and it looks like it's anywhere from 10 to 22% across existing models. So the 10600KF went from 309 to 242. Um, and it's not just in Poland. Apparently, okay, apparently this was, uh, it st started showing up in Poland. Uh, Amazon.com is listing a 229 flat price for the, yeah, for the 10600KF. So that's six cores. I believe that's only six threads. Nope, that's a 12-thread processor. So that's pretty darn slick for gaming if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, regional stock varies from chip to chip, but um, 
in light of AMD's struggles to produce enough Zen 3 CPUs, this is looking like a pretty good play for Intel. And we actually saw, you're going to see this in the average uh, Steam PC uh, video that's coming out this weekend. We noticed that Intel actually clawed back some market share in the last month. And that seems to be basically down to the fact that you simply cannot buy an AMD CPU right now. Uh, not because necessarily uh, people are choosing Intel by choice. It's just that, hey, if you want to upgrade, you are, you're pretty much either waiting or you're going Intel at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's interesting having this happen and the NVIDIA uh, 1050 Ti thing happening at a pretty similar time. The, there, there's been a lot of memes going around about the like complete inability for people to more or less buy uh, parts. I, I saw something, I don't remember where it was posted, talking about how like $1,000 in 2019, yeah, like I can buy a, a decent gaming computer and a thousand dollars in in 2021 i can buy like, an xbox i, I might <laughs> I, I might be able to buy a graphics card maybe if you can um, find one so yeah this this is cool it's i mean yeah. one of these chips and a, and a 1050 ti you're not going to be flying over the moon but at least people can get a setup that's like decently solid that can play modern games so that's um cool. mesosone asks would float plane consider doing a deal with curiosity stream I, I don't understand what that deal would mean what's wrong with curiosity stream are they not doing okay i yeah what? i think everything's fine i think I, they're definitely more than fine yeah, yeah i don't see any news i think i'm pretty sure they're i'm pretty sure they're doing great on their own i had one yeah. chat i wanted to reply to from earlier um this is a really good pro tip this is from ben snow replying to samuel i think this was on floatplane uh, same rig here and nope, def not today. Okay, I don't know what that's about. If you want more performance, like if you're up trying to upgrade today, subscribe to GeForce Now's premium tier and just wait it out. What a pro tip. That's like, that's the, that's the, that's the big brain move right now. You, if you can't buy a gaming machine, just don't buy a gaming machine. Use a cloud gaming machine. Yeah. Okay. It's not as, it's not as great. It's latency, whatever. But so Linus is going to be the prophet of the end times. Sorry, what is this? Linus is going to be the one that brings people to stop buying hardware. No, 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 no. You just said it. You just said if you can't get a PC right now, just subscribe. If you can't. If you can't. I'm, I'm not going to take a hat. Maybe, maybe all these GPU supply issues is just NVIDIA trying to get us to subscribe to their service instead of buy hardware. Well, how do you explain AMD's shortage? So they just, you know, it's just AMD. They oh, just... wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> that shade, though. That shade. You got so much shade. Like, I can't even, like, look at this. Look at all this shade. <laughs> I'm shaded. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Weather the storm a bit. Yeah, it's totally a good idea. Uh, all right. True Neighborhood Watch says, uh, you already gave a shout out once, so no need for another. Oh, oops. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being an inspiration. YouTube's algorithm makes it hard for small timers. It makes it both harder and easier than ever. Uh, Kassan asks, how's LTT Store doing pre-pandemic versus now? LTT Store has been banging, so to speak. Uh, Trotting Wolf says, got the CPU pillow last week. First thing my girlfriend did when she saw it was rub her feet on the carpet and stick her finger out to zap it. I love her. <laughs> all right all right i hear that 
Uh, okay, just a couple more. Uh, Nathan, really hit me how bad the shortage was when I listed a 1660 Super on eBay this week with bids starting at 180 pounds and had offers for 280 to 300 for buy it now within minutes. Yeah, pretty much. There's no GPUs out there. So, oh, George says, I heard there was a video for the Winter One on the way. Any update? Yeah, so what happened was we had some staffing changes, blah, blah, blah. We're working on it. It'll get done eventually. Thanks, guys. Oh, apparently 5800X and 5600X have been in stock the last few days, US Amazon and the AMD website. Hold on a second. Can I just double check that? Because 5800X, that's a, that's a darn fine... That's a darn fine enthusiast tier CPU right about these days. By the way, Luke, I have good news for you. Uh, yeah. I finally got a CPU for your rig upgrade. Luke's been bugging okay. me to give him a free computer for a long time because I used to give him free computers all the time, and now he doesn't have any yeah. free computers because he's busy making <laughs> Floatplane. Yeah. Um, so the last personal rig update we did for Luke was like three or four years ago. I think it's been a while. Yeah, we actually um... had a viewer offer me a 5950X for your rig update. 16 cores, 16 cores, 32 threads, baby. But with wow. a catch. Okay? okay. With a catch. Okay. So you okay. know how I had said what we could do for you, given you're not really minus media group staff, what we could do for you is like a hand-me-down machine. Okay. So yeah. this is going to yeah. be the greatest hand-me-down machine of all time because I've got that ASRock X570 water-cooled board that I pulled out of my rig. So I'll hand that down to you, okay? Casual $1,000 motherboard. And then we got a 5950X from a viewer, and there's only one catch. It's missing a pin. So you're going to have to repair it. You're going to have to put a new pin on it, okay? So um, <laughs> you have a okay. great processor that doesn't work. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a classic one for you guys, okay? Linus and Luke build a computer together. Uh, it's gonna be a good video. We're gonna fix up that CPU. We're gonna get that thing running. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Nice. So nice. that's that's it for the WAN show for today. Thank you very much, you guys, for tuning in. Go buy something at lttstore.com. You know, we gotta gotta keep keep the keep the dream alive. We've got oh yeah, we've got some good stuff. We've got storage and RAM scarves. You guys can check these out, tech scarves. Uh, we've got our boxers in stock. Of course, we've got CPU pillows. We've got the toques. We've got uh, water bottles. Um, man, what's a stealth pin CPU shirt? Very popular. All right, go check it out. Uh, wait, oh, no, shoot, the hollow foil. I was going to talk about this one, but it's, it's, yeah, it's sold out. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, you guys. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. Man, the whole crew's here. Not quite, but... Oh, they are. I can't hear you, by the way. If you're trying to talk to me.